we are live. <clears throat> Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride Jim Hinckley's America Jim Hinckley's America Good morning, my friends. What a beautiful day here in Kingman, Arizona. We are within a spitting distance of legendary Route 66. Watch the sun come up over the over that direction this morning. Beautiful, beautiful sunrise. I say that all the time because we seem to be blessed with just gorgeous sunrises here in uh, Kingman, Arizona. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about two of the liveliest ghost towns in Arizona. The term ghost town is, uh, it's overused a lot. Technically, a ghost town is exactly what the term implies. It is zero population. It's uh, what you see in the movies, the stereotypical tumbleweeds blowing down the street, empty storefronts. But uh, the reality is quite a bit different. Towns that are completely abandoned usually don't last long. Uh, vandalism, weather elements, fires, all of these things take their toll. Uh, most ghost towns that you'll discover uh, have a small population and they will be shadows of what they once were. Uh, Chloride and Oatman and, of course, Gold Road, which is a true ghost town, all fit that category. Let's start today uh, by talking a little bit about Oatman, Arizona. And uh, the one reason I picked Oatman and, and Chloride, not only are they in my backyard here in western Arizona, but uh, they both have personal meaning for me. And they're, they're kind of like bookends, if you will. Chloride is purportedly the oldest continuously inhabited mining community in Arizona, dating back to sometime in the 1860s. Uh, Gold Road, Oatman, well, that uh, community, those communities uh, date to, even though they have uh, mining that took place there in the 1860s and 70s, the towns themselves are products of the last gold rush in Arizona, right at the dawning of the 20th century. Now, Oatman is a really picturesque little town, and uh, both of these towns, like I say, are shadows of what they once were. Oatman is located on the western flanks of the uh, forbidding Black Mountains, once called the Blue Range. And above the Colorado River, uh, the mountains kind of serve as a backdrop to the Colorado River Valley. The town itself is a relative newcomer in northwest Arizona. Uh, the town itself dates to about 1902 when Ben Taddock made a significant gold discovery in the shadow of a unique uh, geologic feature called the Elephant's Tooth. 
And with the sale of the property, the Vivian Mining Company, development of the mines and a mining camp began to proceed at a rapid clip. Initially, the town was called Vivian. Within two years, the community consisted of a chamber of commerce, a couple banks, stores, a population of at least 100, and it was renamed Oatman in 1909, a year after the next big gold deposit discovery and the formation of the Tom Reed Mining Company. Now, why the town was named Oatman is kind of a mystery. It's a story for another day, but uh, all of Oatman was a celebrity in the late uh, 19th century, mid to late 19th century. And the reason for her celebrity status was that she and her sister had been captured by the Yavapai Indians after the family was massacred uh, on a, uh, as they were traveling to California. This took place down there in the deserts near Gila Bend. And she was traded at some point to uh, the Mojave Indians who lived in the Colorado River Valley below Oatman, around the area of Needles, Lake Havasu, Bullhead City, Arizona. Uh, and they tattooed her chin, a very unique uh, marking. Her sister died in captivity, and Olive lived for quite a few years with the tribe until she was uh, uh, recovered, shall we say. But uh, it was quite interesting. Uh, some of the stories, the legends, they get lost in time. There's a persistent story that she had a son while in captivity and that her son was one of the prospectors in the area of Oatman. Makes for a good story. Uh, but the bottom line is it was named after Olive Oatman. And uh, the story is, uh, I'll give you a brief story here of Olive. On February 18th, 1851, the family of Royce uh, Oatman was traveling west on the Gila Trail. Everyone's like, say, is pretty sure it was uh, uh, Yavapai, but it might have been a Tonto Apache that overran the small wagon train. The lone survivors were all of age 12, Marianne, 8, and Lorenzo, the oldest son, and he was clubbed and left for dead. He recovered and would later be instrumental in the uh, recovery of uh, Olive. She married, raised a family, and died quietly at the age of 64. But she was quite a celebrity. She uh, had a speaking tours and things of that nature. And uh, the town began to boom, the town of Oatman, thanks to the United Eastern Mine in 1913. Uh, between that and the Tom Reed, this area was not only the last major gold rush in Arizona, it was one of the richest mining districts in the state of Arizona or in the West for that matter. And then with the creation of the National Old Trails Highway in 1914, uh, this is of course the predecessor to Route 66, and other little towns sprang up in the neighborhood. Uh, you had Old Trails, Mazonia, uh, they all kind of blended together and Gold Road was a few miles down the road We'll talk about that in just a moment. But uh, Oatman was a boomtown. They had a theater, hotels, uh, stock exchange, and uh, the, the population it was somewhere in the thousands by sometime around World War One, And it had several brushes with fame. As an example, in 1914, 
during the last of the Desert Classic auto races uh, along the National Trails Road, Barney Oldfield and Louis Chevrolet and a half a dozen other drivers raced through town. Uh, in the late 1930s, well, this is kind of a touchy spot. Route 66, Ghost Towns, America in general. We have our urban legends, our uh, larger-than-life characters, Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox and Pecos Bill. Well, there's a persistent story that the uh, old Oatman Hotel, uh, originally the Durlin Hotel, which happens to be one of the oldest continuously uh, used buildings in Mojave County that is built of adobe. And it is also, uh, I understand, the tallest adobe structure in Mojave County. The legend is that Clark Gable and Carol Lombard, after Marion Kingman, spent a night at the Oatman Hotel. This legend didn't start showing up until sometime in the 1960s. Mysteriously about that time, of course, the, a shed with storage shed with the guest registers burned. And legends are good. They keep things alive and they add some zest and spice to a road trip adventure. But the truth of the story is Clark and Carol, they married in Kingman in March 1939. And they followed Highway 466 to Las Vegas and on into California. And they were back in Los Angeles sometime the next morning around 8 o'clock for a press conference. Uh, but the, uh, the town did very, very well. Uh, until, oh, the mid-1930s. Uh, the mine started to falter. Uh, by this time, it was Route 66 that was funneling traffic through town. Then in 1952, Route 66 was bypassed. And in 19, early 1940s, a lot of the gold mines had shut down as non-essential war efforts. Flooding resulted, and they were never reopened. So Oatman started a precipitous slide. Uh, when I was a kid in the mid-60s, the population was somewhere around 50. Far a cry from the thousands and thousands that had lived in the area before. But it became a uh, movie set of sorts. And uh, Foxfire, 1955. Edge of Eternity, 1959. How the West Was Won, 1962. Roadhouse 66 film scenes here in 1984. Uh, Holtman's a lively place, to say the very least. They have survived and thrived with uh, Route 66, the resurgent interest in the highway, and by creating the perception, by building on the romanticized image of the Western frontier. They've been able to do very, very well. And one of the claims to fame, one of the exciting things, of course, is the donkeys, the wild donkeys that have free reign, wandering out of the stores, uh, the streets, up and down the streets. And as I quip and joke a lot with tourists and tour guides, it's kind of refreshing to see that not all the asses are in Washington. But I digress. Uh, the drive to Oatman over Sitgreaves Pass and through the Black Mountains, uh, Boy, I tell you, to me, that is one of the most scenic sections there is of Route 66. Uh, a one-eyed blind man cannot take a bad photograph out in that country. And uh, that helps fuel the popularity of Oatman. And uh, the Oatman Hotel, well worth a visit. And uh, enjoy a buffalo burger.
soak up the atmosphere, have some fun. And it just so happens they have some of my books for sale, signed copies at uh, Jackass Junction, as well as uh, Fast Fannies. And uh, if you stop in Jazz, uh, Jackass Junction, talk to Leanne Tui. She's doing a tremendous job chronicling the town's history, working on gathering photographs and information with the intent of starting a museum. And uh, that's kind of neat. Kind of uh, uh, down the road to the east a bit, along Route 66 is Gold Road. There's really nothing left of Gold Road. Uh, There is an active mine there. And it takes a very vivid imagination to see a vibrant community in, uh, in, in what was here. Gold Road is with Oatman as a relative newcomer in the annals of Arizona mining towns. It dates back to the dawn of the 20th century. Jose Jerez, uh, he was a Mexican military officer that had come to the United States in the late 19th century, become a prospector. In this particular instance, he was grub-staked by Henry Lovin in Kingman. And uh, Henry Lovin was a su- successful uh, Kingman merchant. He was also Mojave County Sheriff for a while and Mojave County's first state senator. And he was on the committee that wrote the state's constitution. My pa said it's better to fill the head with useless knowledge than no knowledge at all. Uh, there's a building in Kingman on Andy Devine Avenue, Route 66, sandwiched between the Hotel Beale and Hotel Brunswick. And if you look up towards the top of this old saloon, you'll see the name Lovin and the date 1906. Uh, that was Henry Lovin's Palace Saloons, now the Sportsman's Bar. Well, Henry uh, Lovin and uh, funded the grub stake Therese. He discovered a, a major gold strike. And uh, in short order, he profited mightily. <coughs> Henry Lovin had uh, grub stake Jose Perez $15. And within a few months, they were able to sell their claim for $50,000. Uh, Lovin went on to a few other uh, great things, as I mentioned. Jose Jerez didn't fare so well. He, uh, a few years later, after a lot of drinking, losing his money, uh, he killed himself with rat poison. Uh, Gold Road started out as called Acme. It was renamed Gold Road in 1906. It, the story is that more than $7 million in gold was extracted from deep tunnels at the Gold Road Mine between 03 and 31. <coughs> uh, the S-curve on Route 66, which enters the town from the east, this is the sharpest curves and the steepest grades found anywhere on Route 66. More useless knowledge for you. Uh, there is another uh, interesting aspect to, to Gold Road. As you're coming from the east and you make that hairpin curve and you come into Gold Road, if you look on the left side of the road, you'll see a concrete slab with a hoist, an old garage hoist sticking out of the concrete. That is the last vestige of N.R. Dunton's garage and store. Uh, N.R. Dunton had uh, started working there at the garage and purchased the property when it was still the National Old Trails Road. Jack Rittenhouse wrote a great book in 1946 that's become a classic. 
called a guidebook to U.S. Highway 66. And in that book, he mentions that in Gold Road, there's a garage that offers a towing service. That was N.R. Dunton. N.R. Dunton also built Cool Springs on the east side of Set Grease Pass in uh, about 1925-1926. And in Kingman in 1946, he bought the new Taylor Owens Ford facility uh, along what is now Route 66 Andy Devine Avenue. The dealership is still there. It's now Dutton Motors Dream Machines. And next door is Mr. D's Route 66 Diner. Uh, the D in Mr. D's is Roy Dunton, which was N.R. Dunton's nephew. And he was also the tow truck driver in Gold Road before World War II. And uh, Scott Dutton, Roy's son, is now the owner-manager of Dutton Motors Dream Machines, which is also the headquarters for the Route 66 Association of Kingman. Uh, in the early 90s, uh, Roy Dunton and Scott Dunton bought the Chemo Cafe that had opened in late 1939, and they remodeled the property and they renamed it Mr. D's Route 66 Diner. Uh, Gold Road, well, the closure of the mines at the beginning of World War II, the realignment of Route 66 decimated the community. And then a state tax law that uh, penalized mine owners for abandoned buildings. That was the death knell. The mining company, and uh, they came and dismantled almost all the buildings they could, sold the materials. And when I was a kid, used to play up there, uh, there wasn't much left. Mine tailings, concrete foundations, the mill, assorted stone, adobe ruins, not much else. Uh, but there is an operating mine there, and the tailings from that mine have buried a lot of the town site. And that takes us to something a little bit older, which is chloride. Uh, chloride is one of the last surviving mining camps in the Surbat Mountains. At one point, there were several. There was uh, Surbat and Mineral Park were to the east and a little further up in the mountains, the Surbat Mountains. And both Surbat and Mineral Park were actually county seats at one time, Mojave County seats. Chloride dates to the discovery of a deposit of silver chloride somewhere around 1860. And it's uh, in the foothills of the Surbat Mountains. And it's a very scenic little mining camp. It's uh, really picturesque, but it's just really the opposite of Oatman. It's a sleepy little village of a few hundred people. There are tourists that visit, and I'll get to that in a minute. I made a great discovery the other day. The remote location initially required ore to be shipped overland to Hardyville, where it went down the Colorado River by steamboat to the Gulf of Mexico, and, and then for on to milling. Well, as a result of that, and problems with the Wallapai Indians, who were not happy with the incursions, that limited development of the mines until a mill was built in Mineral Park sometime around 1870. For the next 15 years, chloride enjoyed a steady growth of residents and businesses. In 1898, the Arizona and Utah Railroad built a spur line across the Sacramento Valley connected with the Santa Fe Railroad main line at McConaughey, which is uh, south of Kingman along Route 66. Uh, the depot is still in chloride. You got to look for it. 
but it's still there. And you can still follow, even though suburbia is sweeping through Golden Valley, you can still find uh, long stretches where you can walk the old rail bed. Well, needless to say, the uh, completion of the railroad to chloride, well, I tell you what, that sparked a celebration. And that incorporation followed. This was the first community in Mojave County to be incorporated. Another little tidbit for you. And uh, throughout the first decades of the new century, chloride had a period of relative stability. The railroad proved to be a short-lived endeavor. And uh, the town got a boost in the 1930s with creation of U.S. 466. Eastern Terminus was in Kingman, and the uh, road went up towards Las Vegas. Uh, Boulder Dam, now Hoover Dam, and then Las Vegas went right down the main drag in chloride. And... Uh, it's estimated that at its peak, sometime probably uh, teens, chloride was pushing 3,000 plus people. The mine closure started in the 1930s and escalated into the early 40s. And, <coughs> excuse me, it culminated with the closure of the Tennessee Scully Hill, one of the deepest mines in Arizona in 1947. I had some long talks with my uh, dearest friend, my wife, Judy, her grandfather, about this mine. He had went to work there in uh, the 1930s. With the rerouting of Highway 466, well, that kind of proved to be the straw that broke the camel's back. It fa faded into what it is today, a sleepy little retirement community of... Uh, People who just like the quiet, they like the history. Some eccentric artists that add some color to the place. Uh, I was out there the other day, and there is a restaurant. Uh, it was in a building that originally opened and was built sometime around 1900 for the repair of wagons and stagecoaches. And then it became a garage. Uh, it's called Yesterday's Restaurant. I was, I hadn't been there in years. I've always liked the place. They have really cleaned it up, fixed it up, added a nice cream parlor. Food was pretty good. Unique setting. <coughs> well worth the visit. I include uh, chloride in my new book, uh, The Back Roads of Route 66. It's only an 18-mile drive from Kingman and Route 66, so it makes a great scenic side trip. It's about three or four miles off Highway 93, the main highway to Las Vegas. And if you really want a bit of time travel, uh, <coughs> gosh darn it, excuse me. Uh, it just If you're going up towards Las Vegas on Highway 93, look for Mineral Park Road, turn on Mineral Park Road, and about two miles up, you'll see a sign that says chloride. That's a graded gravel road, takes you into chloride. That's old Highway 466. One of the things I was really excited about when I went to Chloride the other day was Shep's. Uh, Shep's was a restaurant motel complex that opened sometime in the 1930s. And there's a very unique U-shaped motel that surrounds uh, yesterday's restaurant. For many, many, many years, this was just simply storage, tool sheds. Uh, I was surprised. The motel has been fully renovated. I didn't get a chance to look inside, 
but I'd be willing to bet it's a little bit rustic. I don't think you're going to find a five-star inn at Sheps in Chloride, Arizona. Both of the, all these towns are really uh, worth spending some time in and uh, talking, talking to the people. You know, that's one of the keys to any road trip adventure. Don't rush it. Take time to talk to the people. Take time to listen. You might, you might get some great stories and uh, people might tell you where to go. Something people normally don't see. Uh, Car Talk from the Main Street of America. This is a new podcast that we are launching and uh, it'll be posted tomorrow morning. And this week I'm going to be talking about Alice Ramsey and Cad Walter Kelsey. Uh, Mr. Kelsey, boy, I tell you what, this guy was a master salesman. Uh, he could sell MAGA hats to Bernie Sanders supporters, and I love Hillary bumper stickers to Trump supporters. Surprisingly, Alice Ramsey and uh, Cad Walder Kelsey, they're almost totally forgotten today, but both made tremendous contributions, not just to the American auto industry, but to the evolution of American society. Uh, Car Talk is not a live interactive program. It's something I'm working with Stan Husted on. We record the program uh, and then finish it up at the end of the week for posting editing. And uh, it's on like all of our, both of our podcasts. You can find it on Spotify and uh, iHeartRadio, most of your major podcast platforms. A uh, couple of things to keep in mind if you're in Kingman. Speaking of Kingman, October 14th and 15th, uh, the, the second Kingman Route 66 Fest. This will be taking place up at uh, Lewis Kingman Park along Route 66. Uh, they're talking about uh, live bands, uh, beer garden with local craft beers, food and craft vendors, motorcycle shows, vintage trailers, pinup contests even a zip line. And you can find information on that at, on explorekingman.com. And also on Saturday the 15th, same weekend, is Chillin' on Beale, downtown Kingman, uh, one block off Route 66. This event is always fun. It's open to anything and everything with wheels. You never know what's going to show up. It's just a fun evening of just sharing cars, conversation, good food, and Enjoying and just enjoying people, cars, and downtown Kingman. I need to give a shout out too to the city of Tucumcari. Uh, my goodness, they're a good, not only a good friend of Jim Hinckley's America, they're a good sponsor, and they are a. Uh, it should be a destination. Uh, Carry's a little down at the heels, you know. It's it, it got hurt with the bypass of Route 66, but they have passionate people that love that town and it shows and they are making a real comeback but uh, most people know Tucumcari for its neon lit motels and its time capsule motels like the Roadrunner Lodge uh, David Brenner's done an incredible job with that but there's so much more there like the Mesa Lands Community College Dinosaur Museum it's a small museum but it's exhibits displays they're they're seriously worthy uh, the, of some, um, some Smithsonian quality. Very, very impressive. 
Uh, we're going to be taking to the road here real soon. First time since 2019, we are putting together a fall Route 66 tour. You can find my schedule on our website, jimhinkleysamerica.com. But what's really going to be exciting here in about two weeks, we are going to be kicking off a contest. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be an interactive content contest where you can share some of your road trip adventures and win copies of my new books defaced with autographs uh here we are on route 66 was published in january and the back roads of route 66 was published in august and i'm going to be giving away copies of both those books so uh stay tuned i'll be uh, announcing the details very soon here on coffee with jim and on car talk from the main street of america hey before i button this up this morning do we have any questions anybody like to call in and ask questions uh or just type in your message and we'll see if we can get you an answer because uh well you know this is interactive and boy if you i sure like to hear from folks meanwhile while we're waiting for that i'd sure like to say thank you to everybody who joined us this morning i hope you found it informative and entertaining and uh, Hope you'll join us next week. Invite your friends and let's make this a make this a coffee party. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Oatman, Arizona, like I say, dates to about 1902, but mining in the Gold Road Oatman area dates back to about the 1860s, 1870s. Uh, the big push came with soldiers down at Fort Mojave in on the Colorado River. In their off time, they would expend exploring uh, that area. But uh, there's a lot of history in the Oatman Gold Road area. For example, when you're going up Route 66 on the east side of Sitgreaves Pass, Ed's Camp, it was uh, known as Little Meadows for many, many years. Apparently, that Father Garces camped there during his expeditions of 1776. That's a tad bit of history. Yeah, it's interesting. Sitgreaves was uh, Captain Lorenzo Sitgreaves. He, the pass is named for him, but uh, evidence is that he didn't use Sitgreaves Pass to cross the Black Mountains. He used Union Pass to the north, which is now crossed by Highway 68. But uh, Lieutenant Beale did use uh, Sitgreaves Pass. It's kind of like uh, Grant Park in Chicago has a statue of Abraham Lincoln, and Lincoln Park has a statue of President Grant. It's one of those kind of things. Do we have any other questions I can answer for you this morning? Uh, chloride. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, you can take the dirt road that I mentioned, but uh, the easiest way is to go up Highway 93 north towards Las Vegas. Look for the chloride X, uh, turnoff. And it's a paved road, and it's about uh, four miles off the highway. Real easy to find yesterday's restaurant. You come to the only four-way stop in town. You turn right. It's down about uh, two blocks on the right side of the road. You can't miss it. No, the food, the food was pretty good. I was out there on a business situation, 
And uh, they've got a COVID burger. Boy, if that doesn't get you moving, I don't know, Will. It's uh, habaneros, uh, jalapenos. Oh, my gosh. Pepper jack cheese. I wasn't daring enough to try that one. Uh, any other questions I can answer for you? Well, if we don't have any questions, I will button this up with some music from the road crew. Until we meet again, my friends, uh, you take care. And I want to thank everybody who joined us today. I noticed we have a uh, Nolan Stoltz with us. Uh, you owe it to yourself to take a gander at some of Nolan's work. I'm, he has been documenting some of the most obscure towns in uh, along Route 66. Fascinating stuff. I joke with Nolan a lot about uh, Mud College, Oklahoma. That intrigued me. But I will be talking to Nolan soon about Brooklyn, Illinois. He really intrigued me with that. Look for Nolan on Facebook. Yeah, I think you'll be very impressed with some of the some of the things that he's uncovered. Well, Maggie, Keith, everyone, I want to thank you. And, uh, well, we'll do this again next week. Got a little something special for you. Take care, my friends. Adios. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America.